welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob. I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. And I'm Adam DeWeese. I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, the Eclipse crew is still locked away in prison. They came up with a pretty good plan to try to break free, cause quite a commotion, but everything kind of turned sour when Kanan successfully broke one of the magic dampening wristbands. Upon breaking it, there was a malfunction and it caused a massive arcane explosion. This not only drew lots of attention to all of you locked in prison, but it also caused a substantial amount of damage to all of you as well as the surroundings. And then all the guards came and attacked you. The last thing that happened was Kanan had been downed. The elf who was walking around with the giant rat with the wings came over and saw that you were all trying to stir up some trouble and cast Fireball, and in a fiery explosion, everything went black. Meanwhile, somewhere else on the moon, Dr. Shepard met up with Erky Timbers. Erky is a gnome who has been searching for someone named Captain Burke, and just as you left, you were about to be introduced to Erky's friend. So I think we'll start off with Dr. Shepard and Erky Timbers, you were all walking off of their ship and going to search for your friends and also for Captain Burke. The last thing you knew, you were getting a more clear transmission from Captain Burke, so you all think that perhaps you might have located which direction to at least start searching in. And Dr. Shepard, just as you were walking off of the ship with Erky, you saw another person approaching you all. Erky will turn and go, Ah, Soul Red! This is who I was talking to you about. Hey, Shepard, I'd like you to meet my assistant here. This is my partner. Is it assistant or partner? I mean, you know, we both work together. Nice to meet you. And uh, Soul Red will put her hand out. <laughs> Named Soul Red Blute Hammer. Uh, Erky, uh, the transmissions, it, uh, it's the frequency, it, it's, it's coming in clearer. Wait a minute. What, what you mean? What do you mean? You mean you got something? You picked them up? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I, I only could hear a, a, a small portion of it. So something about a, a crystal mine, and then I lost the connection. Wait a minute. Does this mean anything to you, Shepard? Crystal mine? Mm, no, I don't know anything about mines. Well, wait, Solride, was it was it was it Captain Burke? We didn't cross frequencies again, did we? I don't want to run any more than Gith Yankee. I'm not certain, but I'm I think so. Well, that 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 sounds like good news. That's the most information we've had in weeks. 
It's where, it's where there are crystal mines on this damned place, though. Uh, I, I think uh, the north northern direction. Well, there you go. We can start heading north, then. How long ago was this? We should, we should probably move quick. Maybe we can pick them up again. Yeah, I, I hope so. We really should get moving. Well, all right, then. Should we take the ship? Uh, I mean, maybe. Hopefully we don't draw too much attention to ourselves, though. We almost got taken down just by those two Gith Yankee alone. Or you almost did. I did. I, d- I did. If we've gotten a transmission, he can't be too far. Maybe on foot. Yeah, let's head out there, see if we can uh, get in contact with him again, and depending on the situation, maybe we'll come back for the old ship there. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this moment for weeks. And you, hey, maybe your friends are with him too, huh, Shepard? Maybe. I don't think any of them are miners. Ah, oh, that's all right. If we get to him soon enough, they won't be prisoners either. And um, he's going to hoist that big rifle over his little gnome shoulder. And uh, he's like, come on, let's hurry! And he starts running north, though uh, he doesn't really run that fast because he has a metal prosthetic leg and he's a gnome. Silver is also a dwarf, so she's like hobbling as fast as she can with her little dwarven legs. So mechanically speaking, I think both of you had 25 movement speed. I got 30, so I'm like just kind of doing like a brisk power walk to keep up with everybody. Yeah, we could... Maybe hustle a bit. As you say that, Erky's already kind of running as fast as he can. See, like a bead of sweat dripping down Solrid's <laughs> temple. Good <Like an> anime. <laughs> got like, all his armor on, and she's she's trying to hustle as much as she can. And also, Adam. Last time, Doctor Shepard, he's holding one of those giant rifles with both his arms, and he was complaining about how heavy it was. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, I think I would be breaking a sweat, too. But I want to put on a show, like, you know, I really want to find my friends, but really I'm, I'm kind of glad for my uh, two short friends here. So the three of you, this dwarf, this gnome, and this elithid, begin running north in hopes of picking up the frequency again and finding out a little bit more information of everybody's whereabouts. Meanwhile, we will go back to the rest of the crew of the Eclipse. Last thing you all know, you successfully broke some magical bonds, you unsuccessfully escaped, and you were attacked by a lot of prison guards, including the very powerful Star Elf, who blasted you all with some sort of large fire blast, and then everything went black. Now, you find yourself waking up, and things are not that much more bright than they were before. In fact, you appear to be in somewhere extremely dark, somewhere cold, damp. It seems like there are just stones lining the wall with a single torch as the only source of light. And there's only two of you. At least, only two of you that you know. Ava and Info... You find yourself locked in some sort of stock in a stone holding cell. There seems to be a third person in here who is also in a stock. Their back is towards you, and you do not recognize them. You do not see Kanan, and you do not see Lita. What would you like to do? Ugh. 
Where is everybody? I don't know. At least I don't sound like a chipmunk anymore. Well, way to look on the bright side. Uh, hey, um, person in front of me, uh, are you awake? Yeah. Do you know what's going on here? Why are we all locked up, like, uncomfortably? Well, I'm assuming it's because y'all made a mistake. Okay, did you make a mistake? Oh, hell yeah. Okay, well, um, my name's Ava, and this is Info. What's your name? You can call me Whiskey. Okay, I like you. Uh, <laughs> where's Info? Where's everybody else? Oh, pretty sure Kanan got vaporized and Lita bailed on us, which is honestly pretty on brand. Oh, that sounds like some crappy friends you got there. Uh, Kanan wasn't too bad, but now he's in a different state of matter, so I don't think he's going to be much help. Well, where I come from, you know, we talk about how death is just like the next phase of life, and it's in many ways better, so, you know, he's sort of become a beautiful butterfly. Right. Except, like, dead. <laughs> now, Lita, that's disappointing. Well, you know, it happens. Anyway, how the hell are we getting out of here? Can can you get to my, my foot? Can you feel my foot? I'm going to try and, like, kick you. I, can can we touch feet? <laughs> um, I think if like you moved your legs as wide as you could, you might be able to touch feet, but like it's gonna be pretty uncomfortable. But as you're like looking side to side and like trying to see what you can or can't do, you do notice that there is a very thin hallway that is to your left that seems to be just like a tunnel going through this little cave. Um, you can barely see it with just the flickering torchlight in here. And you can barely notice there's another one behind you. On the floor, you can see what looks to be like dark stains of dried blood and sweat and probably other nasty things. And you also notice there is a fourth stock that does not have anybody in it. But it seems like this little holding cell is, is maybe only made for, for four people. You don't really see much else in this room. How large are the stocks that we're in? Like, do they stick out past us? Like, how many, like, if we're, like, hung up in there, like, how many, like, inches past our wrist do they go? I mean, they're, the circles are, are wide enough to where you can kind of move your arm back and forth, but they're locked on the side, and it kind of opens, like, a director's clapboard. So you can move a little bit, but you can't slip your hands in and out unless you have some sort of ability I'm not aware of. So I couldn't, like, kick the lock on hers or something? Uh, no, you couldn't do that. Whiskey, you know that you've been in here about three days, and they haven't fed you even once. Their water is coming in and splashing a bucket in your face, maybe twice a day. You saw another body dragged through here and thrown into a pit that is behind you all where they feed miscreant prisoners to something only known as the beast. And you also know that there was another person in this room when you first arrived, but they were taken away about two days ago and pulled towards that direction. And based on your knowledge, that would be somewhere down the hallway that's behind all of you that you can't see very well due to the position you're locked in in the stocks. Well, on the bright side... I don't expect to be here too much longer. Been here 
I don't know, a couple days. But he ain't feeding me. And, uh, fella who was here before me got dragged off, probably to the pit. You don't want to go to the pit. No, I don't. I, I don't want to try to, like, shimmy my way out. <laughs> I think Ava would try. <laughs> okay, are you going to try to break free or, like, slip free? I think I got to try to slip free. I'm more of a dexterous kind of lady. You can try to slip free if you'd like. I think at this point you definitely have at least one level of exhaustion. So you're going to have disadvantage on the check. But yeah, why don't you go ahead and make an acrobatics check? Got us plus seven acrobatics. I'm going to take that. The lower one is 18. You pull your arms back and you feel the edge of the little circles where your wrists are like butt up against it. And you can feel that the your right side is the side where it locks. So it's actually the side that raises just a centimeter or two higher than the other side does. And you can kind of feel that you're getting your hand free and you pull and your right hand pops free from the lock. And as soon as that happens, you hear a door open and you hear down this hallway that's to your left footsteps quickly approaching. What would you like to do? I'm going to put it back, like stick my fingers through far enough, like not so far that it gets stuck in there again, but enough that maybe they won't notice if they don't look too closely. The footsteps do not take very long to approach you. You see um, the shadow starting to change as it seems another torch is being carried in from that direction. And you hear what sounds like regular footsteps paired with like a, like a very quick clattering sound of like multiple feet. And the first face you see around the corner is that of the Neogi. And you can definitely see his fanny pack shining in the in the light of the torch. And then you see walking behind the two of them are two Githyanki. You can see the rifles on their back as well as their Githyanki swords attached to their hips. This Neogi does not seem like the same one that was standing near all the mining equipment and everything. Um, you don't, you know, they all look pretty similar to you because you're not used to seeing them but you can tell enough that it does have a different face and it seems to also be brandishing a large sword in one of its arms. They come walking into this small room and you'll see the Niyogi just go, all right, who's next for feeding time? You, you've been in here for a few days, yeah? I ain't hungry. Not for you, for beast. And he points and uh, he points directly at Whiskey. When he points, the two gith are going to start heading over towards whiskey stock. Hey, assholes. Come on over here. I'll I'll go. You can feed me. See if he can choke on me. The one that's closest, you go, shut your mouth. And he'll elbow you in the back. Hey, you be nice to my new friend. No, you fool. You shut your mouth. I ain't going to shut my mouth. You know that. It lowers its torch uncomfortably close to your face and it goes... Just enough for the fire to kind of singe your hair as it blows the torch in your face. I hate you. I'll feed you two beasts alive or dead. I don't care. I'll drag you with me. As you're having this banter with them, the two Githyanki walk over and one of them pulls out a key and begins to unlock your stockade. While the other one, you feel a rifle barrel butt up against your back. No funny business. I'll blast a hole in you three inches wide. Less food for the beast then. Hey, fanny pack. Did they throw your buddy in there that chopped up with the swords? Don't you start. Don't you look at Fanny Pack. My Fanny Pack is actually going to prod you with the torch. Just, like, essentially poke you with a lit torch. 
a 21 and it's going to just burn you for uh four fire damage it just pokes you in the stomach with this lit torch <sighs> whiskey you feel the top of the stockade open it lets out a loud screak and for the first time in a couple of days you're able to stand up all the way the Gith Yankee will roughly grab your wrist and pull it behind your back and it's going to go, now turn! This way! Are you going to do anything to resist? Yeah, because I'm an uncooperative little bitch. Um, he told me to turn, so I'm going to turn under my arm and try to face him. Are you going to hit the Gith Yankee that's like trying to secure <laughs> you, or the Gith Yankee that's holding the rifle to you, or the Neogi that's just essentially burning info. Um, I'm going to try to hit the Gith Yankee that's holding me. Can I just say, I love that this group, even when they have absolutely no leg to stand on, does not quit talking shit to the bad guys <laughs> and just getting fucking wrecked. <laughs> we do love to fuck around. And Danny just, just joined tonight and just like... Slotted right in. I got nothing to lose at this point. <laughs> hey, can't stab him with a dagger, stab him with a sharp tongue. Alright, Danny, make an athletics check with disadvantage due to exhaustion. See if you can resist as this thing is trying to uh, spin you around and lead you out. Eleven. So yeah, you spin around to try to resist, but you're just too exhausted and too weak from not having any food and from kind of being roughed up before you're thrown in here to begin with. And this thing is going to um, very easily manage to pull your arm behind your back, turn you around, and direct you towards this dark hallway where it starts marching you towards what you've heard is to be known as the pit. Meanwhile, the other Neogi um, that is tormenting Info. Info, didn't you say you were going to do something? Uh, no. Can I ask, which one unlock? Like, <laughs> the one ow. with the key, is, is that guy within reach of me at all? That's the one that has uh, whiskey. Got it. And are they going to walk by me at all? Yeah, it seems like as soon as they start leading her down this tunnel, both of the Githyanki start walking that way, turning their back on all of you, and the Neogi follows. Oh, well, I would certainly like to try and land some sort of epic punch on the one that's restraining whiskey. All right, so you're going to break free and punch this thing? Yeah, I've got my right hand. It's free. It's fine. They don't expect it. Uh, all right. I guess I'll roll an unarmed yeah, strike. Yeah, go ahead and roll an unarmed strike. So 24. So with a 24, you do hit. So as this is walking past you, as this Gith Yankee is walking past you, are you going to attack the Gith Yankee or the Neogi? The Gith Yankee has the key and whiskey, right? Right. I want to try and hit that one so that he would like reflexively drop the key and ideally also let go of whiskey, but I really I really would like the key. Okay. So as they're walking past you, you just suddenly yank your arm out of the stock. They completely expected you to be locked in and you just deliver this massive unarmed strike to this thing's back. <laughs> 10 bludgeoning damage. <laughs> All right, so you hit him right in the back for 10 bludgeoning damage. This immediately causes this Gith Yankee to release whiskey for just a second. It spins around and lets out some sort of curse word. And then, info, go ahead and roll your attack. 23. Wrecked him. 
With 23, you are able to kick him right in the shin with like a stomp. Two damage. Nice. <laughs> you need your dungeon dad. And you kick him right in the shin for two damage. He's going to let out a yell. And then there's going to be a loud rifle firing sound. But they got a natural one. You'll just see the other Gith Yankee clutching their side as they have just been shot in the side with this rifle. is gonna shout, he's trying to kill you! He knows that you slept with his wife! The Neogi is going to slap you in the face with the flat of its blade. 21 to hit. So it just smacks you in the face with a flat of a metal sword info. Which seems pretty severe. And you take four more damage. Son of a bitch! He's gonna go, that's enough! Feed all three of them to it then! I don't care, I'm done with them. And he's going to walk over and put the blade to your chin. He's gonna point at the Githanki clutching his side and go, Stop being baby! Feed all three of them! <laughs> and that one's gonna like stand up like it looks like he's about to cry. I mean, this rifle did shoot him right in the side. And um Yeah, are you gonna do anything? It seems like the other one that had gotten attacked uh is kind of standing to where whiskey can't really get out of the little cave that she's in and starts moving towards the stockade. Info's gonna look at the guy that got called a baby. He's like, are you gonna take that? He just called you a fucking baby. Kick his ass. I just start chanting, kick his ass. Kick his ass. I'm gonna let you out. And the three of you are going down that hallway. And then I'm done with you. The Neogi, meanwhile, has kind of like skittered back a little bit to where he's like blocking the hallway that leads to the direction where they had all come from. Um, meanwhile, they're like both have their weapons drawn on you. The one that is clutching its side is holding a sword in his hand while the other one is still like holding the rifle, though it's not aimed at you at the moment because he's about to unlock one of the stocks with this key. I'm I'm gonna be a smartass, and the uh, the one that just said he's he's done with you is uh, I'm I'm gonna say to him in gif, yeah you're about as done as your wife is with you, that's what this guy was saying, and uh, I'm gonna do something stupid I'm gonna try and take his gun. She's gonna reach for his rifle after taunting him. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do a sleight of hand, I suppose. What is whiskey? A wizard. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, race? Uh, halfling? Whiskey has attempted to grab that one's gun and rolled a 19, which is super good. So as it's turned around, extremely distracted, and was about to unlock one of the stocks to try to throw you all in this uh, other prison cell, Whiskey is able to snatch the gun directly out of the Skith Yankee's hands. I hate to be this person, but wouldn't Whiskey be rolling at disadvantage? Because She's got, like, gazillion levels of exhaustion. Cage, you're new here. (laughs) Thanks, Cage. Thanks. (laughs) I know. Well, so much for us getting out of here because of Cage. (laughs) Y'all can kill me next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so nice of you to stop by. Come in, come in. I'm Silas Lancaster, and this is my library. Within these tomes, you will find tales of monsters, both figurative and literal. Tales to make the strongest of us blanch in fear, 
Such stories are dangerous, and consumption must be strictly rationed. As such, I shall share but one story from my library each Thursday in October each year. Be sure to tune your wireless receiver to Storytime with Silas. Alternatively, subscribe on those podcast providers the youth seem so fond of. Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, and I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Abide Asteria. So Abide Asteria is this brand new tabletop role-playing system, and it is unlike any tabletop game that I have ever played before. So you actually don't even use dice. This is a card-based system, and you don't need to buy, you know, some Abide Asteria cards and then buy some new ones with an expansion or anything like that. All you need is a standard deck of playing cards and you are ready to play Abide Asteria. On top of that, Abide Asteria is 100% free. All you need to do is go to AbideAsteria.com and they have everything you need to get started right now. I'm talking quick rules, character building, class options, race options, Everything that you can think of is right there on AbideAsteria.com. They even have character sheets that you can use so that you can play the game right away. It is a super, super awesome system. It's very innovative. It is a combination of both sci-fi and fantasy elements. It really hits all the different points that I'm looking for when it comes to playing a tabletop role-playing game. Jerundu and I actually had the pleasure of being able to test this game out the other day. And I'm telling you, everybody, I am not exaggerating when this is one of the most innovative and one of the most fun tabletop role-playing systems that I have ever played. When you go to AbideAsteria.com, they have all the rules for you right there, 100% free, very well organized, very, very easy to get through. It's extremely approachable. The game and player's guide is also digital, so it has these built-in hyperlinks where anytime it's referencing something in the text, you just click the link and it takes you to that part of the document. It was a whole lot of fun and you really need to go check it out. Once again, that is Abide Asteria and you can find that at AbideAsteria.com. From the city that brought you Kentucky Fried Chicken, Sluggers, and Muhammad Ali comes... Roll for Weird, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. Join Philbert Fogel, Doomsday Prepper and Expert. I mean, I'm kind of like the, the linchpin that's keeping everything together in the group. Laysath, the Divine, and the Sensible. And I still owe him my life, so I would have to end yours. It would be a mess. Shadow. The edgy initiate. I trust him with my life. I don't know if I trust him with, you know, my bank account or my car or something like that. Misty Charlotte Paladino, spell slinger and trench coat enthusiast. But I haven't set anything on fire that I haven't meant to set on fire. Silas Lancaster, elderly vampire. There's only one Philbert. They broke the mold when they made Philbert. And Dragon Bait. As the Creeper Keeper. Silas, get back in your room! Roll for Weird. On Twitch, streaming monthly. New podcast episodes every other Friday. Available on Apple or wherever you find your podcasts.
Can I reach the guy, though? Can I reach the gunman? So Whiskey's going to try to grab this rifle out of this thing's hands, but it's just slightly too slow. But you are within arm's reach of this thing, especially with one of your arms free. Yeah, I would like to try to hit this gunman at a, a place in the arm that I, Megan, don't know, but I'm sure Ava would. Um, that would cause him to reflexively, like, drop whatever he's holding. You know, you know the, the drop your... You know, yeah, the magic, the magic, the magic uh, point. The key the key elbow. All right, make an attack. That's a 19. All right, that'll hit. That is another 10 damage. Yeah. All right, so you have one hand free, and you manage to turn around and just, like, chop him right in the inside of his arm on the opposite of the elbow where the arm folds. And when you do that, it just... You see the key just clatter to the ground as this Githyanki grabs that part on their arm for just a second. Can I, like, grab it under my foot and, like, slide it over? Um, I feel like you'd have to roll initiative for this now at this point. Go ahead and quickly roll initiative then. My initiative is 11. Nine. Oh, crap. Three. So both the Githyanki got a five and the Neogi got a 13. So 13 goes first. So the Neogi, who had just called for reinforcements, is going to see that you have punched this other Githyanki again and then dropped the key on the ground and the Neogi is going to swing at you with that sword that they have but it's only for an 8. That's not going to hit. It's going to miss and then go for its extra attack and get a 21 on the second one. That will hit, yep. I mean, it's trying to go for your head but I think because you're like kind of spinning side to side and like have one arm locked in the stock uh, it doesn't quite hit you where it wants to and it managed to deliver 10 damage to you. Alright, that's not great. Alright, so then I believe it goes to your turn. How are you going to respond? I really want to get that key. I want to try and like stick my one of my legs out as far as I can go and like try and get it under my shoe and like slide it towards me. Just do a athletics check. I guess it'd be acrobatics if you're trying to stretch. would love it to be acrobatics, yeah. Okay, and disadvantage. 12 and 17, so I guess 12. You reach over, and you're able to, like, get your foot on it, but it's you're, like, trying as hard as you can to drag it towards you, and it's just, like, hard. A weird angle. Because you're, like, at a stone cave floor, yeah. Damn. It's cobblestones, man. That would be your action. Is there anything else you can do? Didn't attack, so I don't think I can do anything else as a bonus. Yeah, no. Okay. And then we go to Info. Info, you were next in initiative. What would you like to do? This Neogi has attempted to stab you, missed, and then successfully sliced Ava. Info is going to reassess some of his choices tonight. And after giving it further thought, Info will just calmly remain in the stocks and just whisper really loudly toward the Neogi, Your fanny pack's undone. Okay, make a deception check. It's secure. So, Jeremy, I, th- I think this is the first episode where you actually pointed out, like, you used it as a real-ass fanny pack. You unzipped it and pulled something. 18 and then a 4. A 4. He's like, ha! I know it's secure! And he pats it proudly. Um, and now it goes to the Githyanki's turn. The one that had been stabbed in the side is going to take their sword and see that Ava is attempting to escape and knows that the key is on the ground and it's going to lunge forward and attack her with the awesome Githyanki sword. Oh, shit. That is a 12. Shit. 
So it is not quite enough to hit. It'll use its multi-attack and for a natural 20. So that's going to be a total of 18 damage since it critted. Okay, I'm down. I'm not like full dead, but I'm down. And yeah, you just drop with one wrist still secured. Oh, I guess, and your neck. Just lightly choking to death. It's fine. The other one is going to then turn its attention on info. It reaches down with its right hand and quickly snags the key up from the ground and then uses its left hand to just swing its rifle like a paddle and just hit info with it. 16. Uh, nope, doesn't hit. All right, he goes to just swing it at you, but once again, it just hits against the stock. The, the big blocky rectangle of the stock is just like blocking all these hits against your body. And then we go to Whiskey. Whiskey, what are you going to do? Well, the uh, the the guy with the gun, he's been getting hit a bit, and uh, I want to hit him, so I'm going to just headbutt him, basically, run into him full force. Okay. Oh, good lord. This is why I don't use digital dice. Oh yeah, that's a that's a real handicap for um, for Danny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So you rolled a natural one. Yep. You start charging to go and headbutt this this guy, and he just sidesteps, and you end up just charging directly into the wall. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Not die. Uh, not die. Well, I'm on the other side of them now, so at least I'm closer to my new friends that's it yeah we'll go back to the neogi um you'll hear him go they're over here and there's a whole bunch of footsteps coming down that hallway now and you see the flickering of more torch lights and it seems like a small uh, militia of these githyanki guards are parading their way into this cell and um very quickly there are close to a dozen of them around you all you hear the sound of a whole bunch of rifles being pointed at you all and the neogi's going to go stand down all of you stand down or die i just dangle limply they're gonna all approach you all in like threes and fours at a time and you feel them all start kind of surround you all and grabbing your arms and wrists and like holding you you know pretty strongly and they're going to begin unlocking your stocks and kind of forcefully leading you all down the hallway towards the pit. And then we will go back to Erky, Soul Red, and Dr. Shepard. So the three of you have been walking for maybe 30 minutes or so in the direction that Soul Red had been traveling when she managed to pick up a frequency coming from what she is is hoping is Captain Burke. It sure sounded a lot like him. And um, what are you all doing right now? How are you approaching? Are you just kind of walking or you all have some sort of game plan here? I think right now it's walking as long as it's like just clear as far as we can see. If we ever start seeing something on the horizon, we may have to start making game plans, but not knowing at all what we're going to be coming upon, if it's going to be a city, an actual mine, or what, I don't know if we can actually make a game plan yet. Yeah, I mean, Solred knows that stealth is not her forte, and so she's not going to try and run into something in order to try and sneak around it, so like... Avoiding even the need to self be her main priority. So Red, you are leading them all right to where 
you finally did get some sort of message to come through on your communication device. And the black, rocky, kind of sandy ground is starting to turn a more purplish-red color. And it's also beginning to head going down a little bit into some sort of valley. And it's a right around in this area that you kind of recall where you had first begin to make a connection with what sounded like Captain Burke. Erky, it was it was around here. I, I, I recognize... You see how the, the ground changes the colors here. This is around the location in which I received that transmission. And I think she'll probably try to see if she can get anything else through like a transmission as well while she's back here. Okay. You pull out your communication device and um, you try it a few times. And it, it kind of sounds like you just hear kind of like static and then silence and then static and then silence. But you do know this at least if not this exact spot, an area where the terrain is starting to change in this way is very much where you felt like maybe you're getting a little bit closer. But yeah, at the moment, you're not getting anything uh, picked up on your communicator. Maybe if we get closer to the mines, it'll it'll come through. Well, I, I hope the mines are over this way. I mean, this is definitely new, and he's like reaching down and kind of grabbing at the soil. It's definitely a change of pace from all that rocky stuff. I thought this whole planet was that uh, that obsidian ore. Yeah, could I do some kind of, um, I don't know, nature investigation, something along those lines, whatever makes most sense about this this new kind of soil? Yeah, why don't you do a nature check? My nature is plus three. Soul Red might know a lot about it as well. Because of stone stone cunning and all that. I was going to say either that or um, see, like, is this like a terrain that would maybe be able to hold, like, footprints to see if maybe there's, like a way to track where other people have gone over here. Yeah, it does seem um, like a little bit more loose and kind of sandy. Like it, there might it might be possible to leave some sort of markings or footprints. So I wrote an 18 on the actual like nature to find out like what this stuff is. Okay. Um, it looks like a whole bunch of sedimentary rock that is kind of like broken up into like smaller chunks and loose sandy gravel as opposed to the rest of the moon that you've seen so far which has just been that very dense hard black rock so it does seem like it's kind of like sand or gravel and you definitely are heading lower into like this valley so you are going down a little bit you're not sure but you do know it's not the same as that obsidian ore type material that the other part of the moon had consisted of Soul Red, do you want to do an investigation check to see if you can find any sort of markings or footprints or anything like that? I was thinking it'd be more like a survival, like a tracking kind of thing. You can make a survival check. Uh, that's a 17. With a 17, you don't notice any footprints, but you do notice these long four foot wide impressions like almost lines in the sand that looking at it you feel like it kind of looks like maybe this was a like a trail formed by the sand being pushed away by the um, energy coming off of the speeder bikes that the githyanki that erky had fought earlier had approached on and now that you notice them as you're kind of like looking down into this valley it's almost like you can follow this trail downward where it seems like the pair of these trails are leading from. Maybe maybe we should have 
taking the ship. The, these are speeder bike trails. Uh, it could be a little ways off yet. Yeah, now that I think about it, I probably should have grabbed those speeders from earlier instead of just left them out there. Mm, I thought about that, but um, I figured there was probably a reason why we weren't taking them. Well, I was thinking maybe they had a tracker on them or something, but maybe we could have reverse engineered it or I don't know. It's probably for the better. They probably would have heard us coming. I mean, we did hear them approaching. Or at least I did. You nearly got ran over, I think. Mm, and shot, yes. Um, Would I know what kind of, like, like mi- miles per gallon <laughs> these these bad boys get? Like, uh... Like how far can a speeder go before it has to? I don't. I don't know if it uses recharge or gas or whatever the hell. They're you. powered by crystal coils. Crystal coils. You use levitate and pulled one of the crystal coils out of the speeder yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah, crash it down. It crash. So, so they have a pretty big distance they can go. I'm, I'm trying to gauge like how far I think they're probably from the town. Yeah, they probably could go for a while. Okay, so that's not really a big indicator. Right. Hmm. Well, we could follow them. I mean, that's our best bet, I think. Yeah, I mean, looking down the the tracks that we see of the speeder bikes, do we see potentially where they go to? Like, I, I know we can see like the path that they're leading to, but can we see like where the ending is, or do they just like kind of go off into the horizon? Yeah, they both kind of go down into this valley and then kind of wind um, around these like cliffs and large rocks and things and then you can't really see where they're leading but you do see that they go down uh, for a little ways before they kind of disappear from view the gith that took my friends I mean they were gith and the gith that attacked me were on speeder bikes well hell what are we waiting for then I mean even if it's not them we can get some speeder bikes maybe speed this whole thing up a little bit or ask questions or figure out what the hell's going on here Solred will kind of like Adjust her armor to be more comfortable. And, yeah. Well, I'm uh. I guess it's. I'm second guessing this big gun. Mmm. <laughs> do you want this? I'm holding it out to Soul Red. Soul Red kind of like looks at you, and like he, she's got like this giant like two-handed maul. <laughs> it's like her weapon of choice, and so she just kind of like looks at you and like pats on the maul. Nah, I'm good, kid. <laughs> I'll drop it. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. It's too heavy. What the hell? I told you don't bring the damn thing if you're just going to leave it out here in the uh, desert. You you never said that. I Ricky. said that was like 30 minutes ago. I think we've been walking longer than that, Erky. All right. Well, now we only got three of them left. You carried Erky. I'm already you, carrying this one. You got two shoulders. Kind of. I'll drag it. Is the gun powered by a, a crystal? Yep. Oh, yeah, I'd pop that sucker out then. Yeah, you know what? That's a good. That's a good call right there, Cage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Solred. Well, Solred's gonna take the, the coil and put it put it in the pocket. Don't fall on that. All right. Well, I guess we better get a move on. Solred wipes the sweat off her face with her big old beard. She just takes her beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Shepard's feeling good now after shedding all that extra weight. And the three of you start walking down this hill to uh, go follow these trails that you're pretty sure come from some of the speeder bikes. And that is where we'll end this episode of Eclipse.
Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.